I'm going to invite you to join me uh, in the Gospel of John, the last verse of chapter 16, and then through chapter 17. These things, Jesus speaking, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven, and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father. Keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves." I've given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself 
that they also may be sanctified by the truth. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me. That they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am that they may behold my glory which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name and will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. This is the conclusion of what we call the upper room discourse. Now they've left the upper room. They are on their way to the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus will be arrested and taken for his trial, trials, plural, crucifixion, resurrection, ascension. As I was reading this passage, it might have pulled you in a couple of different directions because Jesus knows what is about to come. And yet many of the words of this prayer are as if the crucifixion is already behind him, as if he is already in the exalted presence of the Father. And so we have this kind of thing pulling us. And what is he doing? He is actually giving the apostles an understanding of how he will be praying for them in the days to come when the cross is behind him and the empty tomb is behind him and the exaltation in the presence of the Father is the reality. He is the exalted Lord praying here in this chapter that he's speaking as in the authority and power that awaits him following his crucifixion and his resurrection and his ascension. He has been telling them in chapter 16, you are going to, I have given you joy. You are experiencing joy. You're going to experience joy. They're going to witness the resurrected Lord. You are going to experience the love of the Father. This is chapter 16. You're going to experience and understand the reality of the love of the Father like you never have. And even though you will be ministering in a hostile environment, my peace will be you, yours. The same peace that you've seen me exhibit in the face of the opposition. What do we see in John's Gospel? constant, constant, constant attacks and opposition against the Lord Jesus. And how did he handle that? Did he turn and run? Did he collapse in an emotional breakdown? No. 
he stood forthrightly against the attackers in the truth and power of the Father who was always with him. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the reality for you and me as much as it was for our Lord Jesus during the time of his earthly walk. God is with us. God is with us. Jesus spoke these words, the words of encouragement, of the joy, the love, the peace that belongs to you, my followers. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son. Jesus is already seeing past the cross to the glory. To the glory. What enables these people to actually run marathons? I don't even get that. (laughs) They know there's an end. They know there's a trophy. Now, they're talking about earthly trophies. They're talking about Olympic medals. Okay, we're talking about kingdom glory. If you understand the trophy that awaits you as an authentic disciple of Jesus, it adds endurance to your walk, to your run with the Lord Jesus. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that your Son may also glorify you. For you have given him authority over all flesh. What does he say in Matthew 28? Immediately before his ascension into heaven, all authority, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore into all the world and preach the gospel, and I will be with you. Everywhere you go, yes, I will be in heaven, in heaven, I will also be with you. I am God the Son. I can be in two places at once. (laughs) Or a million places at once. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that your Son also may glorify you. For you have given him authority over all flesh, all humanity, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life that they may know you. Eternal life is not living forever. Everybody's going to live forever. Eternal life is a deep personal relationship with the Creator God. This is eternal life, that they may know you. This isn't just remote intellectual knowledge. No, know you is a deep intimate relationship that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent, that they may know you, that they, they know me. These men who are witnessing this prayer, they've been with God the Son come in the flesh for three plus years. They know him. Now they don't know him as much as they're going to know him. Because the longer they walk with him, the more deep will be their understanding of him and their experience of walking with him. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. That's why I said this prayer, he is speaking it here, but it's as if he's already got the cross behind him, as if he's already got the empty tomb behind him. Because he says... I have finished the work which you have given me to do. 
And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. This gives us a bit of appreciation, not like we will have when we get to heaven and see what heaven's glory really looks like, but it gives us a bit of appreciation. What did Jesus leave behind when God the Son became flesh, became the son of a carpenter, legally the son of a carpenter, the son of that gal Mary, that born in Bethlehem, born in a cave stable in Bethlehem. He left heaven's glory and became a servant of servants. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? He's just the son of a carpenter. Who is this guy? Well, he is actually God the Son, become flesh. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. Earlier in John's Gospel, Jesus says to the apostles and actually to his enemies, are present there. He who has seen me has seen the Father. There is no distinction between the reality of who God the Father is in his innate nature and the reality of who God the Son is in his innate nature and words and works. He who has seen me has seen the Father. I have manifested your name, your reputation, all that you find in the Hebrew Scriptures, all these declarations about God were manifested in the presence of the apostles. They saw it. They were yours. You gave them to me. I am the heir of the estate. They were yours. You gave them to me. And they have kept your word. You gave them to me to be my disciples. And they have kept your word. They followed me. They followed me. Earlier in John's gospel, when a great host of what we will call disciples with quotes around that, leave from following Jesus because he discloses more about himself to them. I am God the Son. I am from heaven. I'm from the Father. And they're like, uh, uh, uh. This is so hard to get our mind wrapped around that. And they left him. This is just too hard. And Jesus turned to the 12 and said, there's the door, fellows, my paraphrase. And Peter says, where will we go? We have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says to them, did I not choose you, the twelve, and one of you is a devil? But he chose them. Did I not choose you, and one of you is a devil? I have manifested your name to the men who have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. All, as he will say in just a few more verses, all except the son of perdition. There was the one who was the devil. He's already left the band. He's already gone to complete his betrayal of Jesus. 
They have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. Excuse me, verse 8. For I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. They know who I am. God the Son come in the flesh. What does John say in the very first verse of this gospel? In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God in a face-to-face relationship with God. And God, Greek word order, and God was the Word. And then later, and the Word became flesh and dwelt, tabernacled among us, and we beheld His glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father. That's John's own testimony. And what does Jesus say? They have believed that you sent me. I've given them, I've given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours, and all mine are yours, and yours are mine. I pray for them, and I am glorified in them, they're glorified in me, and I am glorified in them. Here are these 11 men. By the way, what are they about to do when Jesus gets arrested in just a few more minutes? (laughs) They're going to all flee. Except for John and Peter, they're going to tag along, and uh, Peter's going to deny Jesus three times. And we find this out this weird fact about the the Apostle John. We need to question him when we get into the kingdom. John the Apostle was actually well known in the household of uh, the high priest. So that they let him in and he actually covers for Peter to get Peter into the place. (laughs) That's not been indicated to us earlier, but that's what we find out towards the close of this gospel when And yet here is, he also had been with Jesus for three years and he knows the truth. And he is the one, in fact, penning this gospel. All mine are yours and yours are mine and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world. He's praying this prayer in their presence, but it's really the prayer that will be his incessant prayer following his ascension. I'm no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father. Keep through your name, your reputation, your promises, all of those names cited in the Hebrew Scriptures, the God of all power and so forth. Keep through your name those whom you have given me that they may be one as we are that they might be servants of one another, serving your purpose, my purpose in their lives. Not their own agendas, our agenda. That they all may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. I was their guard. I was their shepherd. What's the job of a shepherd? To protect the flock. To guide them from pasture to pasture into the still waters where they will drink. My job has been to be their shepherd. While I was with them in the world, I kept them, I guarded them, I provided for them in your name. 
Those whom you gave me I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled. Hebrew scripture prophecy. This is a prophetic pattern. David's number one, in his understanding, most loyal and devoted counselor was a man by the name of Ahithophel. Ahithophel was the grandfather of Bathsheba, and he was David's closest counselor. And Ahithophel conspired with David's son Absalom to overthrow David. And David had to flee Jerusalem when Absalom came with his forces, and Ahithophel stayed behind. And then David sent a counselor back to tell to give Absalom advice, who Absalom would trust. But he, David, told him, "You tell Absalom to do this to stay there in Jerusalem." And so this fellow went back, and he went to Absalom, who trusted him, and. He said, okay, Absalom, you got this covered. David's got nothing with him. The only thing he has with him right now is the Cherethites and Pelethites, the palace guard. That's all he's got. You can just uh, sit back and relax and take your time. And Ahithophel said, no, 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 no. David is a seasoned warrior. He can, don't give him any chance at all to gather forces or you will not make it. And Absalom decided to take the advice of this fellow that said, you can sit back and relax. And without even waiting for the collapse of Absalom's cause, Ahithophel went home, put his affairs in order, and hanged himself. But it had already been said by David later in one of the Psalms, he who eats bread with me, my close companion, has lifted up his heel against me. David experienced the betrayal of Ahithophel, and in the same way, Jesus, because of that prophetic pattern, he knew one of them was a devil, one of them would be a betrayer, and Judas is fulfilling that prophetic pattern that was first exhibited in the life experience of David's forefather, excuse me, Jesus' forefather, David. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name, Those whom you gave me I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I'm speaking these words in front of them, these words that will be the content of my prayer before you when I'm in your presence, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves in themselves, that they may walk in defiance of the threats from the world, they will walk in joy, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Earlier in this upper room discourse, Jesus has said to them, you're going to experience the hostility of the world system. Now, while Jesus was with them, he was taking the brunt of all that hostility. But now he's going to be taken away, and it will come straight at them. You're going to experience this hostility, but you don't have to buy what they're selling. 
They're selling threats to you, and you don't have to buy it, and you can walk in joy and in peace and in the knowledge that my Father's love will never be detached from you. You are the focus of his attention, unrelenting and in the fullness of who he is. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. When you don't walk according to the world system, folks, you become a threat. When you don't buy what the world is selling, you become a threat. Joseph Stalin, every year in the Soviet Union, they would have a big meeting of the, all the politicos from all over the Soviet Union. Hundreds and hundreds of men would be gathered there, and when Stalin would come out, they would all stand and start applauding. And they didn't stop. Until finally, after a couple of hours or more of this, one of them would just say, I've had enough, throw up his hands and sit down. That man would get executed. Because he stopped his worship. We're talking about real worship. That Stalin insisted on. And the first man to stop applauding got executed. Well, we are in the world and we don't have to fear. The world demands worship. And we ain't giving them worship. It ain't gonna happen. And that is a threat to them. That is a threat to them. And it is the biggest reason why Christians, why the church through the ages has been persecuted because they stopped worshiping the emperor. They stopped worshiping the people who demanded their worship and respect. I don't have to respect wicked people. I don't care how big their estate is. No, I don't have to respect you. I've given them your word, verse 14, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one, that Satan will not be allowed to have his way in them. That doesn't mean they won't suffer harm. It means that Satan will not succeed. The very people that we prayed for earlier with a mourning heart, legitimately, rightly so. Rightly so, because of the persecuting that they're experience, persecution they're experiencing, they're kingdom heroes. They're kingdom heroes. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. What is the weapon that I have placed in their hands? What separates them into being more and more and more and more like me and part of my enterprise? Folks, it's right in your hand or on that little contraption you've got in your hand. (laughs) It's right here. The truth of God. Folks, it's not complicated. 
It's not complicated. If you join any of the military enterprises that we've got in this nation, what do they have? They have basic handbooks. And you do what it says. You get in conformity. This is how you step in conformity with God. Folks, that's called sanctification. That's called sanctification. When you become a student of the Word, not just to know it, but to do it, to carry it out, to practice it. Sanctify them by your truth. Your Word is truth. As you sent me into the world... I also have sent them into the world. You sent me into a hostile environment. I'm sending them into a hostile environment. But they have what they need. My presence, your presence. They're equipped with your word. You sent me, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself. I set myself apart. I... Isn't it interesting, in Luke's gospel, it says of Jesus, God the Son become flesh. Did you know that he actually had to learn? It says, as a child, he grew in grace and understanding and knowledge. He put himself through the the same regimen he's asking us to put ourselves through. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. As they looked at me, I am the way, John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He who has seen me has seen the Father. You look at Jesus. He was the walking word of God. Here is the written word of God. Pay attention. Live there, and for their sakes I sanctify myself. I set myself apart that they also may be sanctified by the truth. I gave them an example. I gave them an example. When Jesus spoke to even his worst enemies, what was the authority that he cited? The Hebrew Scriptures. Oh, have you not read? Oh, have you not read? Oh, have you not read? That was incessantly what Jesus said to the Pharisees, to the rabbis, to the Sadducees. Oh, have you not read? Oh, have you not read? Oh, have you not read? Well, that was a weapon. That was a tool available to the apostles at the same time. And any other truth walker. But I do not pray for these alone but also for those who believe in me through their word. Oh, that's you and me. Down through the generations, we are the fruit of the apostles' ministry. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they all may be one. Walk in unity with one another as they are walking in imitation of us and being strengthened by us walking in our truth they will all have that Jesus look upon them they will all have that look upon them and I do not pray for these alone but also for those who will believe in me through their word that they all may be one the son of perdition has been taken away Just earlier today in the Sunday school class in Romans, what did Paul say? Stiff arm, 
put away from you those who refuse to walk in the truth. Put them away, not to their destruction, but to their repentance. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. When they see their old friends in sin completely change to being Jesus imitators, God imitators, oh, Look at that. That guy, Tom, that guy, Vincent, that girl, Julie, that girl, Jen. Uh, 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 they're not. That's, that's not the Julie I knew. That's not the Tom I knew. What's going on? What changed them? What changed them? Well, let me tell you what changed me. Let me tell you what changed me. And what did we prayed for a few minutes ago for the Afghan church. What are those Afghan Christians doing who have a death sentence on their head? They are out knocking on doors in their own villages and towns, leading as many people into the kingdom as they can before they get executed, just like Jesus. that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them. Yikes. Welcomed. Jesus is welcome to the right hand of the Father, the place of authority. And what did we read earlier during the time of praise in in Revelation chapter 7? John says, I saw a multitude of people dressed in white robes, surrounded by glory, going out beyond my eyesight, and the angels standing around in stunned silence. (laughs) The martyrs of the great tribulation. The witnesses who gave their lives, forfeited their lives because of their loyalty to the true and living God during the great tribulation, this time yet to come. But it's also the truth for every loyal, authentic follower of Jesus. God the Father and God the Son ever since. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. I, God the Son, did what God the Father sent him to do. There was no disagreement, no argument between them. They were one in their purpose and they fulfilled it together. Their roles were different, but their purpose was the same. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. We are to be servants of one another, advancing Jesus' agenda in one another's life. I in them and you in me. I'm in them and you're in me. And the, who, who's the energizer here? I am. My father is. They're Jesus' imitators in the strength of Jesus. I and them and you and me, that they may be made perfect, mature, 
exactly as our ultimate purpose for them is to be Jesus imitator, to resemble Jesus. I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you sent me. Why? Because they see Jesus walking in a real, in, in the, his strength, in his people. That the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. And so here is some pauper, some untouchable in India, let's say, who becomes a Jesus follower, a Jesus lover, and the very people who have used him and manipulated him or her, they now say, Lord, energize me to become servants of the very people who despised me. That's not a normal human reaction. But it is a Jesus reaction. I and them and you and me that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. And so here are these people, many of them despised by the world, who now are walking in joy and peace, understanding that they are loved by God and the world says, wait, 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 wait. What does that person, what does that person know that I don't know? That sets, that, that gives them that understanding that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me father I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me that the end of their journey will be with me they will be in my presence father I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. They're going to step into kingdom glory. In the very presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. They've seen the proofs, they've heard the words, they've seen the reality of who I am, and they have allowed it to embrace them, and they've embraced it back. They have known that you sent me, and I have declared to them your name, the reality of who you are in your words and works, in your ways, and will declare it. I've declared it to them, and I will declare it. Oh, and I'm not done. By the way, the entire New Testament was written after all of the, this prayer. <laughs> and I've declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love with which you, have, you loved me may be in them, and I in them. He's talking about, he's praying for our transformation into being what we never could even hope to be without him. And this is Jesus' incessant prayer for us even now as we are 
turning our attention to this passage, to this prayer that he speaks. This is still the, his prayer for us in heaven. This is still his prayer for us. All right, let's pray right now. Our Lord, we are asking that your prayer for us would be fulfilled in us. That you will make us more and more and more and more and more and more into your own image. That we might even be mistaken for you in some day to come. Make a name for yourself in our life experience. And we do pray for this brother that Vincent mentioned that you will deliver him from the hand of the enemy, from the world, from the flesh, and from the devil unto your glory that he might become just as you prayed for us, as you prayed for the the 11 and now pray for us. Lord, you are praying for him. We ask that you would shepherd him into your own likeness In your name, King Jesus, we do pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.